Hey everyone, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur Podcast. I'm Nicole Muir, an ex-social worker turned CEO of a virtual support agency. My passion is helping those of us living with chronic illness to see how entrepreneurship can help us pay the bills, find a sense of purpose, and build a flexible life that allows us to balance it all. On this podcast, I'm talking with business owners from all walks of life to learn how they're running their businesses. I'm also going to take you behind the scenes into how I run a six-figure business while living with fibromyalgia, bipolar disorder, irritable bowel syndrome, and anxiety. If you are a spooniepreneur or thinking about starting a business, you are in the right place. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spooniepreneur Podcast. Today's episode is by popular demand because I've had several of you ask me this question, which is, when should I outsource in my business? And one thing I don't see a lot of on the internet is advice on this from a Spoonie perspective. So I'm going to approach this as a Spoonie and not like I would when I'm discussing outsourcing with a client, like during a sales conversation, because quite honestly, we have a special set of circumstances that makes the whole process and my advice different. So when I say outsource, I'm talking about things like hiring somebody to build your website or getting a virtual assistant to come in and do some marketing for your business. And I've also heard my Spoonie friends talk about outsourcing when it comes to basic tasks like grocery shopping or doing chores around the house, like laundry. And the truth is, is that we're much more accustomed to outsourcing in big and small ways because of our illness. And quite honestly, that's a good and a bad thing when it comes to approaching this in your business. Because when we outsource something in our business or our life, we're actually breaking the habit of doing something ourselves. We're changing our behavior from thinking that we need to do it or that we can do it to opening up to something completely new. And so because I have an undergrad degree in psychology and I love this stuff, I want to take a minute to dive into the science of making a habit for a second, because honestly, I'm a nerd like that. I promise that this is going to make sense. So just bear with me for a minute. When you go to make a new habit, you go through what's called a habit loop. It is a three-part process. So first, your brain gets a cue, which is the trigger that tells your brain that it goes into automatic mode. It basically says, okay, something's going to happen now. And then there's the actual routine that you go through, which is the behavior that you act out. And this is the act of actually doing the thing. And when we're talking about habits, this is what we're talking about, is the act of doing the thing that creates the habit. And the third step is the reward that we get for doing the behavior. It's basically what keeps us doing the habit over and over again in the future. And what we've learned is that the habit-making behaviors start in the part of the brain that's called the basal ganglia. And this area also plays a key part in our emotions. It's the part of our brain that helps us create memories and recognize patterns around us. Decisions, on the other hand, are made in the prefrontal cortex. So basically, when we're going through this three-step process, we are using two different parts of our brain to create the new habit. And what we now know is that when a behavior becomes automatic, meaning we've done it over and over and over again, the decision-making part of your brain or your prefrontal cortex, it goes into kind of a sleep mode. So think of your computer going to sleep. It's still on, but it's not, you know, the, the monitor isn't on. It's 
not actively doing all of the things, right? And this is an advantage because it means that you have more mental energy to devote to doing something else. So basically, that's what allows you to drive while you're listening to this podcast because you're doing all of these complex things, but you're really not mentally aware of it. Your brain isn't working as hard. But this can be thrown off when you're a spoonie, especially if you're a spoonie trying to run a business. So let's use marketing your business on social media as an example. When you go to create a new content calendar, when you're trying to teach yourself how to market your business, you know, learning all of the skills, all of the habits that you have to form as part of this, they're all being processed in your brain by your basal ganglia and your prefrontal cortex. But the problem is that you're balancing a lot of other things and everything is competing for your brain's attention. So you're dealing with pain responses. You're dealing with fatigue. Your brain could be foggy, which basically means it isn't allowing your body, both your mind and your physical body to work like it should. And for a lot of people who are living with mental illness, especially anxiety, you may spend a lot of your time dealing with the fight or flight response. And when this happens, basically your mind is constantly misinterpreting safe situations as stressful or scary, which means that your brain starts racing and your body starts releasing adrenaline, your heart starts pumping, you start breathing faster. Basically, you fall into a very kind of primal, basic, and not rational way of responding. And all of this is happening while you're trying to write a social media post. (laughs) So it's absolutely no wonder that um, you feel like you need to outsource because you're so overwhelmed. There are all these things going on and you're like, how can I do this really basic task of marketing my business? And so then outsourcing things in your business, it starts to feel like you're walking through a minefield. Now, one thing I've said over and over here is that business is all about mindset. And when it comes to outsourcing, I see a few common mindset blocks. And the first is the entrepreneur that believes they can do it all, all of the time, which is totally not healthy. And they keep doing all of the things way longer than they probably should Because even when they have the revenue coming in to pay somebody to help them out, they're still insisting they have to do all the things. (laughs) And let me be clear, I'm totally in this camp. I'm guilty. This is totally me. And then there's also the mindset, which I think is unique to Spoonies, which is that we outsource way sooner than we should because we believe that we can't be successful without a lot of help. We are so afraid of the worst case scenario that we keep ourselves from making a profit in our business because we believe that we're not enough. You know, we're paying ourselves last. We don't pay attention to our expenses. We refuse to pull that profit and loss statement from QuickBooks, right? And both are based in very real ways that we've had to learn to navigate the world as a spoonie. They're both based in how our brain is responding in real time and what our bodies are doing. And this is the reason that going on medication, seeing a therapist, going to that specialist or getting that diagnosis has such a profound impact on your business because you're able to move your body through some of this to free up brain power to run your business. There is a middle ground here, which is what I want to focus on today. And the middle ground starts with being open and honest about money because so many of us, and I know I I did for a long time, have really strong reactions when it comes to money. 
we have all of these past experiences. We see all of these opinions by the people that we love within our culture about money. Uh, and we have really, really strong emotional, physical reactions to money. But as business owners, obviously, you have to think about the money because that's that's what pays the bills, right? <laughs> So when you're thinking about outsourcing, I think the first thought that everybody has is, oh my gosh, how am I going to have money for that? Like, what would that even look like? (laughs) And there are so many different ways of viewing profit in your business. I know a lot of people use profit first, which is a really sound philosophy if you're looking um, to try to change your mindset and the ways that you're structuring your business. I think that that's a really sound way of approaching it. I don't do anything so formal in my business, but I will say that I'm really aware of what my expenses are. And I prioritize making sure that we're running a really lean agency, meaning that we're not spending unnecessarily on systems or even on team members. You know, I just want to make sure that we are making the most of what we've got. When you're starting to get real about money, what you need to think about is how much revenue am I bringing? on, right? That's where everybody starts. How much are you paying yourself for the work that you're doing? You know, getting really clear about your bookkeeping. So if you don't have a separate bank account for your business, um, if you are not using a simple program like QuickBooks, at least, you know, you don't have to hire a bookkeeper or accountant right away. You can use QuickBooks to keep track of everything. Um, You need to start taking that part of your business seriously, because once you understand how much you're making, once you know how much that you're spending, you can get really clear about how much you want to reinvest in your business. This can be from anything from building an emergency fund to creating assets like building a website or spending some money to have a lead magnet designed or getting help with your marketing. Basically, this is what keeps things running in an emergency in your agency or your business and also helps you continue to grow. And then finally, you have to look at your expenses. And while this varies based on the type of business you have, you know, if you have a products-based business, you have to buy stock. You know, it's very different than somebody who is a solo entrepreneur providing a service, right? But you have to look at what systems you're using, what infrastructure you need, how you're using your manpower. And I will say that from working in many different types of businesses, you know, for over six years now, that most people spend more money on systems and infrastructure than they need to, especially at the start of their business. Basically, a lot of people are chasing shiny objects, which is like the bright new thing, when a new program, a free program would be just as effective. Because let me let me be clear, I see you and I was you. You've downloaded the lead magnets, you've listened to the podcast episodes, and they're telling you these are the five systems that you need for your business. I'm going to be real with you for a second, that a lot of the time, those are paid systems. They're not free. And the links that you're clicking on are affiliate links, meaning that the business owner gets a percentage of every sale. So they want you to buy the expensive system to make them money, right? And I'm not looking down on them for them. You know, I I have clients who do this. It's very successful strategy. And and they're not going to, in most cases, um, advise you to purchase a system if they haven't used it or they don't agree with it or they don't like, you know, the program. On this podcast, I want to be really clear. I'm going to be talking about some systems, but I'm not sharing any affiliate links. And I am always looking, and any advice I give anybody, I'm always looking for ways to save you money. So free or low cost is the name of my game. I 
also know that when you invest in those systems, a lot of it is about knowing how to set it up. So most people are only using about 10% of a program's capabilities, and you're paying a lot of money for that 10% when you could be using a free program. I think email marketing programs are really guilty of this. There are a lot of really great ones out there. Um, that, you know, they don't cost an arm and a leg, but they do, you do have to pay for them. The truth is though, that most people are just going in and setting up, you know, basic email newsletters. They're not using any segmenting. They're not doing any fancy campaigns. And so you're paying a lot of money for something that a free program could do for you and you wouldn't have to pay that monthly fee. So, I mean, I'm going to hop off this soapbox. I literally could talk about it forever (laughs) because I feel really strongly about it. But the other side of the argument is this belief that you have to aggressively reinvest in your business, especially at the beginning, to make money. And you're going to hear over and over again, people say that you need to spend money to make money. And I'm going to be honest, it's true to a point. You know, you do have to spend some money before you can see a return. But when you're starting out, you have the resource of time. It's something that, quite honestly, um, you know, I'm running a a large agency. There are a lot of moving pieces. I'm doing this podcast. Like I have a lot of irons in the fire and I do not have time. I wish that I had the time I had at the beginning of my business. So you have a resource that doesn't actively cost you any money, which is just as valuable as that fancy system, if not more, right? There is going to be a time in your business where you are going to have to make bigger investments in your business so that you can see bigger returns. You're going to have to, you know, have a regular team member. You're going to have to invest in the, you know, fancy system with all the bells and whistles. But too many people get stuck on this when they are just starting out. When you're thinking about money, to me, a better investment is really valuing the time that you um, are spending in your business and paying yourself a fair market price for it. Now, I want to be clear that this is a huge mindset block that many entrepreneurs face. And I'm not telling you to pay yourself what you're worth. Okay, because literally none of us have that kind of money, right? We know what we're worth, or at least if you if you don't know what you you're worth, you should do some like mindset work around that because none of us have that kind of money. But when you're starting out, it's fair to look around and see what others in your industry are making with the skill set and the experience you have. So for example, if you're a virtual assistant and you're just starting out, the average that you would pay is about 20 to 25 an hour. If you're subcontracting as a virtual assistant, meaning that you're working for an agency, um, sometimes it's a little bit less than that. But so say you're rate is 25 an hour. Well, then you want to say, I worked this many hours this week or this month. And a great way to track that is using a free tool called Toggle. And I'm going to put links to all the systems that I referenced in today's episodes in the show notes. So um, you can find them and check them out. But Toggle is a really great way to give you real-time information about how much time you're putting into your business. And I want you to not just track the time that you're actively, like if you're a solopreneur, you're a service-based entrepreneur, don't just track the work that you're doing with a client. I want you to track the time that you are designing products or that you are marketing your business or that you're answering emails or that you're (laughs) handling, you know, all of the billing in your business, be really clear about how much time you're spending because 
I think most people are really surprised when they do it this way. A lot of people feel really strongly against time tracking. I think it has a bad rap when, especially if you're coming from like a corporate environment or a place where people were very picky about how you spent your time, that can feel really icky. But I think that it's a really powerful tool to help you see where you're spending the majority of your time, get realistic about what you're doing. And then it also helps you understand how much you should be paying yourself. You know, you take the amount of time that you spend in the business multiplied by your hourly rate. It's a really great way of saying, hmm, am I paying myself enough? Am I paying myself for all this time that I'm spending? Right. Um, and I know that it feels really icky, especially when you're starting out, you see, you know, oh my gosh, like that's how much I should be paying myself, but then I can't reinvest, right? I have to have money in my bank account for emergencies. I need to, you know, be able to grow. And how am I going to do that if there's no money there? And, you know, that's true to a certain extent, but I would also challenge you to look at your expenses. If, you know, there's a discrepancy, how much are you spending? What can you cut back on? What systems are you just not, you maybe use like once every six months? Can you get rid of it? <laughs> because I think that you'll probably save some money there too. So it's just my two cents about how knowing like how much money you're bringing in and how much you're spending. It's important to be really realistic about your revenue once you've accounted for taxes, of course. Um, it's important to pay yourself. It's important to make wise investments when it comes to outsourcing in your systems. Uh, once you're realistic about about how much you're bringing in, how much you're spending, like within systems, how much you're spending, you're going to know if you have money to outsource. <laughs> you're going to see what that number is. Um, you know, I just gave you the, the running rate for a really great VA is about 20 to 25 if they're starting out. Um, depending on their skill level, it may be more. If you find yourself going into the red, if you are thinking, okay, I'm just going to put the virtual assistant on a credit card because I can't afford it otherwise, but I'll make it back, right? I want to challenge you that, especially when you're starting out, there are other ways to get the support that you need. And here's where I would start first. You need to find the right, usually free systems that can help you manage it all. Because the urge to outsource usually starts with being really, really overwhelmed. So let's circle back to the example I gave you earlier about marketing your business on social media. For a lot of us, when you're living with chronic illness, you're working in short bursts of time. Like you may only have, you know, like a half hour or an hour of time where you can sit and focus and then you need to rest. When you're doing this, it can be really challenging because you're starting and stopping projects. And when you're dealing with pain or brain fog that make it harder to think clearly, it can be hard to just remember what you were doing the last time you worked when you sit down to work. And so to keep it straight, you know, some people will write everything down on a piece of paper. They'll have a notebook, which can work well. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I have a notebook sitting right next to me right now, right? But when we write it down on paper, a lot of the time it's shorthand. We have to kind of remember what we were thinking. And then we go back into, you know, having to use our brain a whole lot, which can be a struggle. And then if you're like me, sometimes you have to remember where you put the notebook 
with the paper in it. And then, you know, what page was that on again? And so I have to go flip back through pages of notes and I go, okay, oh yeah, that's what I was doing. So it takes a while. It's still a problem, right? So here's what I do when it comes to marketing. I take my marketing content plan and I put it into a Google sheet, which is free, right? I put it into a simple spreadsheet. I include the day that I'm posting, where I'm posting it, what kind of post it is, because I have a simple schedule that I follow. And I optimize mine for time so that I'm posting when most people are active on that platform. There's a spot for the caption that I'm going to use. There's a spot for any links that I want to click link to. There's a spot for hashtags that I'm going to use. And then I even have a handy little checkbox, which has saved my butt more than once. It says, did you schedule this? Yes or no? (laughs) It keeps me organized. It keeps all of it organized. And then I take it one step further. I have a project management tool called ClickUp, which is completely free to start, which most people would never need the paid version, to be quite honest. And every morning, the first thing that I do when I go to sit down at my desk to work is I check ClickUp for my to-do list. You know, I assign due dates to everything. Even if they need to change, it just gives me some kind of structure to make sure that things are getting done like they should be. And so I look at, you know, what due date is today or this week. When it comes to marketing, I create a task each week and I put the link for the spreadsheet and the task that says create social media posts for the week. And then when I click on that task, there's a link to the spreadsheet. It's all there for me. I don't have to go looking for it in folders. I don't have to figure out where that, you know, chicken scratch note was in a notebook. It's all there. It tells me everything that I need to know. And then if I have any thoughts of what I want to post, if I have any pictures that I want to post or memes that I want to use, I can just add it all to that task. So then when I sit down to write the social media, it's all there in one place, right? And I love using a program like ClickUp or um, there's a really great program called Trello you could use for this as well. I love using these because they're cloud-based, meaning that they're accessed from anywhere. It's not like it just lives on my computer. It lives wherever I'm at. And ClickUp has an app. So if I have a thought, you know, it's 7 p.m. and I'm watching TV with my family, I can just go into the app on my phone and add that thought. If I'm laying in bed because I really can't be at my desk, but I need to get a little bit of work done, I can still do it on my phone. You know, and because I have brain fog, a lot of the time, if I don't write it down right away, like I do not remember it. So this is really, really helpful. And I love using a system like this because you're basically using technology as an extension of your brain. You're letting it hold some of that for you so that you don't have as much that your prefrontal cortex and your basal ganglia are trying to do, right? You're basically creating a habit for it. You're allowing it to have some space to do other things. And this helps you be more efficient in your business. You're going to be more successful because you're going to be able to keep it all straight. And it helps you overcome that sense of overwhelm. So, you know, if you're thinking about outsourcing, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, maybe you should start here. You know, at first I didn't need a virtual assistant to help me out with things with the agency because I created a system that helped me manage it all with ease. And even now that I have grown enough to have a support of a VA, I was able to hand her off a system that made the most of her time. So she wasn't spending a lot of time trying to track it all or create a system like I had already done it for her. So 
I guess the the short answer, <laughs> I just gave you the long answer, right? But the short answer to the question of when you should outsource in your business is really to start with asking yourself why you want to outsource. Is it because you're overwhelmed and you can't keep everything straight? If so, you should really work to develop workflows, do the same thing the same way every time, create that habit for your brain before you outsource. Or you're going to have a mess on your hands even after you hire that VA because you're just going to go keep creating messes, keep feeling overwhelmed until you find a way to structure things for your brain. If you feel like you need to outsource because you don't have the skill set, I would say consider bringing on somebody for a quick project instead of an ongoing relationship. This can work even with with marketing. You know, many virtual assistants can create three months of social media content for you and they'll schedule it in a scheduling tool. So you don't even have to think about it, really. Um, And they can do that as part of a project if that's all you need. If you want to just kind of do it, set it and forget it. But if you're looking to outsource because you're worried about how your health um, is going to impact your business or you're feeling like you can't handle it all, that's a mindset issue that hiring a team member really isn't going to fix. You could hire a virtual assistant, a copywriter, graphic designer, um, but it's not going to fix that mindset issue. It's just going to keep following you. So depending on your unique health needs, a great coach or a therapist would probably be a better investment, right? Um, So I hope that was helpful. (laughs) But I would love to hear from you about what your thoughts or your fears about outsourcing are. You can find me on Instagram at spooniepreneur.pod to join the conversation. If you loved this episode, I would also love it if you took the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, remember, we can do hard things if we take it one step at a time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spooniepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends and don't forget to rate and review it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're looking to build a business that runs on word of mouth referrals, and who doesn't, head on over to www.resilientbusinesstoolkit to check out my free masterclass teaching you to build a marketing plan that drives word of mouth referrals into your inbox every month. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.